Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yo, welcome to another edition of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. Here I am with the man himself, SB3. You know what happens. You know what goes down on Wednesdays. We are here to debate and talk some news. And boy, is there some news. We've got Lars Sullivan to talk about. We've got Edge talking about full-time return. He's going to be on NXT tonight. Didn't see that coming, but there you go. Uh, there's lots of developments in the past 24 hours. We have to talk about Louis Dan Gore's ludicrous take on CM Punk yesterday. Uh, nah, he's welcome to his opinion. It's just it's just objectively wrong. Um, and yes, and we have to get into your guys' ultra chats, and we have to get through some wrestling ahead of the Wednesday Night Wars. So thank you for joining us again right here on our own channel. Wrestling Daily's own home. Uh, and like I said, you can give us some messages and questions at wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. You hit that up. The mod mothers, modern, the moderators of this great channel will come through and give us your takes and we will discuss them. There were some great ones yesterday. I always like it when we have SB3 on and there's debates and uh, guys can get their stuff in. So first of all, man, SB3, how are you, my man? It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. SP3 on Wrestling Daily, back here with Alex. And we have, like, such a bar that we have to, you know, try to try to meet or eclipse from last week with singing, with my waxing lyrically of our Lord and Savior, Ronda Rousey, uh, my my incorrect Goldberg prediction. In, and I'm, I'm glad I was wrong, but... So it was a lot of fun last week, and I know we're gonna have fun today. Have, have you warmed up your vocal cords? Um, I, I know we're probably gonna have some ultra chats requesting some singing. <laughs> so as long as it's it's a song that I know, if it's a yeah. wrestling theme song, you you got me. You yeah, got yeah. me. Sing it. Like, like my my thing back. <laughs> this is off the cuff. My thing back in the day, like me and my friends used to do, is like like theme songs, but like you can't sing the theme song. Do you know what I mean? So, like, uh, I'll give you an example. Like, um, so you have to just sing what the tune is rather than the actual theme song. So, like, for instance, you remember, like, APA had, like, dum, 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 dum. and then when it gets to the guitar, it's like, wee! <laughs> and it's like, you just have to put it all together. Uh, we, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the opening guitar riff and then out of nowhere he'd be like oh like, okay um anyway uh so again uh contrary to that song i feel awful today so bear with me everybody i've had a rough day um but i've popped some tablets and we're good we're off we're off to the races yeah <laughs> not, not those kind of tablets um but enough to live uh, so Let's jump into the first bit of news, though, because I well, I like it what we do on this show is start with the titular news. And that is, of course, Edge making a surprise return to NXT tonight. Now, SP3, from what we understand, this isn't like, OK, it's not going to be a, a regular thing, but is Edge going to be a regular fixture on WWE TV every week? Apparently so. 
yeah, apparently uh, he is going to be working a full-time schedule. He's come out himself and said that he's going to be working a full-time schedule, that he's not going to be a part-timer, that if he's going to be in the main event of WrestleMania, he's going to be here every single week. And I think that it's great that he's come out and said this publicly because uh, over the last two days, you've seen so many people compare him to the Goldbergs of the world, compare him to the Brock Lesnar's of the world. When... Like the last portion of Edge's career was robbed from him and us as fans. So him coming in, I think it's a little different than the other part-timers, but I like the fact that he's come out and said this, that he's going to be working full-time. And I like the move by WWE to kind of spread him across all their weekly shows this week because I I am pretty sure this NXT tonight is going to be one of the, the most viewed of the year. I think that it just might beat out uh, AEW because there's not every week on NXT that you have that big of a star. I would argue that Edge is the biggest star that they've had on NXT since it made the move to USA. And yes, I'm including the man, Becky Lynch. I'm including Seth Rollins because he comes from like we we did a whole debate on this the greatest era in professional wrestling history the attitude era and he yeah. just he just kind of brings all the generations together and this is something that he's talked about for such a long time working with people in NXT that this is like a dream come true for a lot of professional wrestling fans yeah so uh, just to clue everyone up i mean first of all it's a lot more palatable for a 48 year old to win the royal rumble when he does this right like rather yeah. than um Batista into I mean Batista was full time when he came back kind of in 2014 anyway but um I mean like a Goldberg or someone coming in and taking that spot if you've got Edge doing it he says I didn't come back just to do a greatest hits tour that's not why I came back I didn't just want to re, uh, do regurgitated greatest hits I wanted to come back because I wanted to tell compelling stories I wanted to get in with a lot of the talent so that if I could impart some wisdom from 29 years of doing this in terms of trying to tell a story, that's really exciting for me. Uh, <clears throat> so he goes on to say that he's going to be doing this every week. And um, he didn't just want to be another body. He wants to be able to help. He wants to, you know, give back to the industry. And if he's going to be in the main program, he's going to be there week to week. Now, what's interesting about that is, of course, last year he signed, and I actually reported this at the time, a three-year deal with WWE on his comeback. And uh, it was $3 million a year. Uh, and apparently the champion was paid in full as long as he competes three times in that year. Now, we know last year he did compete three times, one of those being in the Royal Rumble. And then he was kind of robbed of the, the rest of his dates. Um, there was rumors that he was maybe set for 25 dates a year within that contract. Um, but only... I think only four of those are actually meant to be matches, right? Like 20, 25 is, gives you the ability to build to those uh, and whatnot. But it seems that with last year going by the wayside and now that he's in the WrestleMania main event, Edge is obviously taking a much more hands-on approach. And I'm aware for it, of course. I want to see as much from Edge as humanly possible without him getting punished and body worn down. And, you know, I... I Mm. but all is good. And I can't wait to see what conjures up on NXT tonight. There's so many, like if you ever listened to the edge and Christian pod, there are so many guys they had on there that have been from NXT or whatnot that, you know, they always talked about, Oh yeah, if only. And now tonight, you know, like Chumper seems maybe like the most obvious in many yeah. ways. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, I imagine he's going to turn up and have a match. Of course, his wife, Beth Phoenix is on commentary, um, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see what Edge does get up to. But either way, the road to WrestleMania for him seems very exciting. I don't know if we're going to get the answer soon on where he's going. I don't think he's going to pull a Charlotte though. SP three. I I I've kind of been snickering the whole day at people who suggest that Edge may choose to verse Finn Balor for the NXT Championship at WrestleMania. Like I understand. You know, Charlotte just did it last year. I understand there are some fans that believe Vince wants ratings for NXT, even though it's not really for ratings for NXT. It's to take away view, uh, ratings from uh, AEW. But I, I think that it would be a complete shocker 
if he chooses Finn Balor over Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. Not only is Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns the two biggest stars in the company, not only do they have the two biggest titles in the company, Finn Balor is like a little down that list when it comes to biggest stars or even engaging characters. He's not the Finn Balor that first came to NXT a year and a half ago. And I think that some of the allure of his whole character has kind of been taken away. Yeah, I do like the matches he's had as champ, right? But I don't, I know what you're saying. I don't think he's kind of the same billing as you like at one point I felt like he was one of WWE's top stars on the main roster for a little while and then it just kind of gradually got beaten down and down and down from like world title legitimacy which was a shame um but there we have it I'm still excited to see what his appearance will be tonight and we have got some ultra chats and all of them are talking about edge so we should probably get to those sp3 uh, first up and by the way as I said earlier the once you send in your Ultra Chats, the mods, they will give us the goods. But we're actually advertising for new mods, SB3. We're welcoming people onto the team. Nice. Would you, would you believe it? So uh, if you actually want to become one of the mods, if you want to become a part of the Inside Wrestling Daily family, all you have to do is hit up support at WrestleTalk.com. That's it. Send an email that way uh, and you'll talk. I'm sure Mr. Ollie Davis will give you a, a good talking to. Um, so yeah, feel free to hit that up. Uh, I believe we will have a link uh, from one of the mods that we already have that I will flash up on screen. Yeah, there you go. I should have known better. I should have known she'd already have that up there. Um, mod mother Jenna, the goat, the, uh, the hall of fame mod uh, has come through with that. So please do hit us up at support at wrestletalk.com. If you want to become a mod, it's a lot of fun. You get to hang out in these streams, man. Come on in. They're the uh, heart, and, heart and soul of these of these streams. They they kind of manage everything in the comment section, and we're very grateful for them. Yes, we are extremely grateful. Without them, they don't work. Uh, so, the first ultra chat. Sorry, I really didn't feel great for a second there. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, oh. The first ultra chat is from Mark. Hi, from Canada, guys. Hey, Mark. Um, my question for you today is how long will Edge be in NXT and WWE this time around? And is his long-time feud with Randy Orton over? I mean, this chapter's over, right? SP3, I feel like we closed the book. There was a reason they got it out of the way on Raw. And um, as I said earlier, I believe he'll be around for, well, he's got two more years on the three-year deal that he signed. Probably won't be his last deal. Might be his last one as an in-ring competitor. I, I don't know. have to see how he holds up. But he just wants to end his story his way. So I would say two years minimum. NXT, one-shot deal, I'd have thought. Yeah, I mean, maybe he like comes on today to set up a match for next week. I mean, that would be the smart thing to do if I yes. was WWE is to, you know, even if it's something small like him versus like a Danny Burch to set up him, Balor, and O'Reilly versus Birch, Lorgan, and Dunn next week. They well, can- could, could you do, um, and this is me just spitballing, just came to my mind, could you do Edge and Beth against like Johnny and Candice? Honestly, as soon as Edge being announced for NXT, you know when a main roster person comes to NXT, they're going to be interrupted by an NXT star. And the first person I thought of was Johnny Gargano because he seems like the type of person that would come out, be like, NXT's my home. What are you doing here? You're a trespasser. You're not following the way. All that good stuff. And I think that they would be great on the mic. And I would love a mixed tag team match. Get Beth back in there looking good against Candice. That's someone that she could throw around the ring some. And I just would really love to see Johnny Gargano in the ring with Edge. I think that um, just playing devil's advocate, I can imagine Candice and Beth would really like to work each other. Like it's a way for that to happen too. Um, And I remember when they were on the pod talking about Johnny wrestling and um, because I think Edge was calling, um, you know, they were saying five stars and he was like, no, they're now five Johnny Wrestlings. Like, basically, he was saying, yeah, putting Gargano over Hugh. So I could see it. I could see that being a thing. Um, I really could. Oh! Sorry. Sorry, (laughs) Robert. Yeah, yeah, actually. (laughs) Hey, we're 20 seconds ahead of those in the chat, though. So, I mean, come on. 
exactly. It was tight. It was very tight. Was, um, one behind the other. The one thing I did want to mention is that I think that it's absolutely ridiculous and poor creative, poor booking that Randy Orton and Edge have been building a feud for over a year <laughs> and was supposed to main event WrestleMania. And then they had a 12-minute match on Raw with no hype, no build-up. Like, at least make it for next week. Like I said, we're just asking for small things. Like, it, you know, the downgrade from WrestleMania should have been Elimination Chamber at Fastlane. But if you're if you're going to put it on Raw, at least hype it up for a week. Like, it just seems so short-sighted to do it the way they did. And then to have that ending with Alexa Bliss with the, with the foam chocolate mouth. Like, I'm just... <laughs> Oh man, it's just like WWE. I'm just asking for a little bit of sense, a little bit of sense. Look, I don't, I don't like all the Alexa stuff. I like the Alexa stuff though. I, I am a fan of the, especially the match with Nikki Cross. I saw a lot of people complaining about it. As far as wrestling, no, it wasn't my cup of tea. But as far as the character work, just the difference in how sh- how her mannerisms are when she's wearing the playful Angelica yeah, the, from the Rugrats. Quirk, uh, yeah, Angelica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the quirks, man. Like, she's got that down pat. Yeah, and then just her being like the 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 former Alexa, she was kind of doing the same mannerism she was doing when she was a baby face, and then the dark Alexa. I just love how she's putting it all together, and she's really, you know, evolving uh, uh, in front of our eyes as a character. But you don't like the chocolate mouth. I just don't like it in the Edge and Orton feud. Like it's only it's been so serious. That feud has been so serious, and those two guys cut great promos on the show. Edges especially. Edges just on fire he's he's like at this point he's like a john moxley eddie kingston where whenever he's about to speak a word i think it's going to be a great promo because they, they, they say this about like actors and writers sometimes and i feel like um even songwriters like you have to have kind of lived to be able to um do your best work and and find your space find your voice and i feel like edge is at that point yeah. where he's had so much time away and of course he's honed his craft as an actor and all that stuff but i think um he's he's at a different place compared to like i don't think you couldn't just impart that wisdom on someone do you know what i mean you couldn't just say look do this and then you're going to be a great promo like i feel like he's he's got to where he is now and he's just an unbelievable promo right now he, he's on another level and he he looks like he's like setting the pace as far as like promo of the year and that's only because probably eddie kingston and john moxley haven't talked that much but edge is in the lead in my opinion right now between last week and this week's promo yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, for me, like, I, I agree. If you're going to end like a feud as as Titanic as Orton and Edge with Alexa being a screwy finish, <sighs> not crazy about it. But I guess that in, and I, I say this all the time on Twitter. I'm trying to put the WWE hat on. This is not what I think or what I want. But I imagine from a WWE perspective, they're thinking, hmm, we don't want to completely have like Orton lose clean. We want him to get into the Fiend. This is an easy gateway into that. I'm assuming that's their logic. Um, you know, it's funny. I remember when I put out the report of like WWE want more mature content in like the final hour or like whatever. And everyone was like, oh, and Melissa was like, oh, no. Every like last hour of the show lately is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I'm not just saying that to give myself credence, but it is like objectively speaking, they're trying to push those boundaries, aren't they? We're getting men on women violence, we're getting you know, fire fireballs thrown into people's faces. Like, they you you were on point on that, and anyone that d- tried to dispute you, I, I think they're probably kicking themselves watching Raw over the last couple of weeks because the proof is in the pudding. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, I had somewhere I was going to go from that, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, sorry. You made a point about Edge and Orton not being announced. Now, we know WWE are terrible for this sort of thing. Um, I do feel like it's a balancing act, though. And like me personally, out coming out of the Rumble, I would have promoted Edge and Orton, and I would have promoted Alexa and Cross as well. I feel like people would have tuned in like, wow, that's a stack card. Two title matches, Cross, Bliss. Or on edge. That's a big card to tune in for. Um, I like surprises too. Like I, I, I like the age of wrestling where you would tune in and not know what you're going to get. And I know that's like I'm the Attitude Era guy again, but that's kind of like what it was. You, you knew who was going to be on the show. You didn't know what was going to happen, or you know any of that good stuff. So maybe WWE are in a different space now where they have to claw for different things but i didn't hate that i was watching raw and then i was like oh damn like Orton edge is happening do you know what i mean i was like I'm, I'm, i might try and stay up now because obviously for uk time it's like 4 a.m by the time that happens but i was like oh uh i think i want to know what happens there and obviously like alexa bliss and cross too that kept me up so i thought they did well to put it in the final hour but they just could have promoted it better it's a it's a balancing act is what i'm saying i feel like yeah. WWE will be criticized either way um, cause you know, you, you either, you either make surprises or you promote, there's always going to be people in either camp going, Oh, why didn't you do that? No, I kind of agree with you that it, it was a nice surprise to kind of keep the viewers growing until the final hour. It was just the small little line of for the final time. If this yes. is the final time, then it needs to be hyped up. You can't go from what was it? Two years ago, three years ago when they hyped up Taker and Triple H one final time, they hyped it up for a month, knowing when they were going to do a tag team match the following month, but they hyped it up for a month just to let us know that, no, it's not the final time. (laughs) This is no, not, not the final time between Edge and Orton. Then I don't, I don't accept them just randomly announcing an hour into the show. They didn't even announce it at the beginning of the show that it was one final time. They announced it after Orton's promo at the top of the nine o'clock hour or 2 a.m. for you. So even even <laughs> if you didn't stay up for all, you would have found out like randomly an hour into the show. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like there's an ultra chat that takes us nicely into this. And it's from Bo Hill. Hey, man. Uh, hot take, he says. Here we go. Uh, end of the Orton Fiend feud should have been with Bliss Orton, not Fiend. Do cinematic match with her taking him through time as the legend killer making Orton see he should be killed. Oh, wow. Uh, when match is over, Fiend finally reappears next to Bliss. Now, it's an interesting. It's a very interesting uh, take on that. And the reason I say that is because I can well imagine Alexa will probably be involved in whatever happens at WrestleMania between the Fiend and Orton. I'm not sure... Uh, what that looks like exactly. But I think you, you're right in some ways. They will take him through his journey in wrestling, similar to what they did to Cena last year. And that'll be very interesting with Orton. Are we going to get some, you know, dinky dink handshakes and uh, I don't know, some some raucous stuff in there? It's, you know, th- there's a lot of interesting stuff that they could kind of talk about. And I think Orton would be very open to, to, to doing it, frankly. Uh, if there's one thing I've 
learned from talking to him myself in interviews and stuff like man he's got a lot to say because he's hardly ever done media for wwe in the past like decade now it feels like i asked him a question the last media call and he went for nine minutes on one question because he was just talking just talking so I, i feel like um yeah i don't know if she's gonna have him killed but i i do think uh, alexa will be heavily involved yeah i mean when you look at the firefly Funhouse match from uh wrestlemania 36 there was like no wrestling like there was one wrestling move in the entire match and that's the sister abigail like it was just bray avoiding the moves of cena taking cena on the journey psychologically breaking him down and you could do the same thing with randy orton and i like the use of alexa bliss like the first thing that popped into my head with that ultra trap was bliss finding a random duffel bag and having escrement in it and saying oh randy oh randy oh, Randy, yeah <laughs> Yeah. So I would just love it. It would just and it would work with uh Bliss and Randy because Are you are you a big family guy person? Yes, yes, I am. All right. So like you saying that just reminded me. Have you ever seen when Peter Griffin is like the bully and uh and it shows you when he was the bully and the guy was always pulling his pants down at the urine who was like, Randy so, <laughs> like, Randy Fulcher. Uh it's for anyone who doesn't watch Family Guys, sorry. Anyway, um that's exactly how Bliss would say it too. Yeah. <laughs> Randy <laughs> No, it would just be I just think that Randy Orton has so much history on camera behind the scenes that you know wrestling fans i think that the firefly funhouse the next one it would just satisfy all the longtime fans by having randy orton in that situation similar to how he broke down uh john cena yeah absolutely uh let's kick this into another ultra chat because we're gonna circle back to edge uh and well i mean we kind of never left but we did a little bit tj deacon uh with an edge appearance on nxt do you think pete dunn is going to eat a spear at the end of the show to have a stare down with Finn to go off the air. Dusty Classic is building to a cold, strong win to continue field uh, the feud with Oni and Birch. Mm. First of all, SP3, do you think it's building to a cold and strong win? Um, Not in my opinion, because if I remember correctly, the announcers did say that the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals is going to happen at TakeOver. So I think that uh, Cole and Strong will go the route of DIY in 2016. They were in the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. The champions cost them the revival, and it led to DIY versus the revival at TakeOver. I think that Birch and Lorgan will most likely get involved in this matchup against Thatcher and Ciampa, and that will cost Cole and Strong because I feel like the makeshift, hey, the makeshift tag team is just – tailor-made for the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. So Ciampa and Thatcher at least got to make it to the semifinals. I'm looking at Ciampa and Thatcher. I think that's a very interesting story there. Um, MSK look great. I don't know if they need to win it, but they do look great. There's there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, opportunities and chances there for NXT, man. I mean, the women too. I know a lot of people are kind of saying Dakota and Raquel, but I'm looking at Casey, man, and Caden, I'm thinking... Uh, you know, like, could it be the underdog story? That, again, man, there's great, great options. And I didn't even mention the Grizzled Young Vets. Like, th- there is, like, I-, I could see them winning it. <laughs> I could. I could see it in Triple H's mind. Do you know what I mean? Like, putting it on um, putting on Grizzled Young Vets. I-, I don't know if Dakota and Raquel... I still think Raquel, like, she's set for that singles thing. So, yeah. Does she need it? Uh, I don't know. What do you think, man? Who do you think? Winners for both. Go on, hit me. I think Dakota and Raquel, as soon as I saw the bracket, I was like, they got to win this. Like, they seem like the most likely to win this whole entire thing. Um, I think Shotzi and Ember are the only ones that they really got to overcome. I think that Casey and Caden got the big win over Tony and Mercedes. But I think that's the extent of their push in the Dutch. The apex. Yeah, the, the dusty, the dusty cup. On the men's side, I, I think it really just comes down to three teams. Honestly, it's Grizzle Young Vets, uh, MSK Marijuana Smoking Kids, and Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. I think those two, those three teams, are just have to win this. 
And uh, Chris G says, no need to explain why I'm going with MSK. Listen, Chris G is like, I follow this guy. <laughs> I follow this guy on Twitter after doing um, a couple of shows with True Hill Heat. Great channel, which you should check out, which, of course, SB3 is the head of. He's the head of that table. Um, and it, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> Chris G was talking about, like, weed boners earlier. This is the kind of content he'll give you on Twitter. And I'm like... I just I'm I'm not feeling well. I'm looking. I'm scrolling for resting. And I'm like, oh damn, Chris G. Chris G. Coming at me like that is he? Okay. Um, and he specifically so yeah. called them stoner boners. That's right. That's right. You know what I mean. Um, I, and I like this as well from Uptown Avondale. Mister Toast starts kissing. Uh, is this like another SP3 thing? Yeah, yeah. Because right. are, are we are we going to start doing that? Are we just gonna we're going to start attributing names to letters? When when uh when we first was announced MSK, we didn't know who it was. Like that that's that's what we did in the in the live chat. Everybody was coming up with what it could be. So didn't yeah, no, no one said marijuana smoking kids though. No. Well, who could who, who would have thunk it? I'd like to hear the, the the meeting with Vince. I really would. Um never mind. Anyway, away from Stoner Boners. Matty is here and he says, Hey SV3 and Alex, hope you feel better soon. I hope so too, my man. Uh, Edge on NXT will be amazing. I know he's scheduled for Reigns. So Meltzer says. But I'd love him versus Bala. Would be amazing. Karaoke time now. Oh, come on, man. You just, you, just, you, just, you just asked me if to feel better. Never mind. Uh, Hall of Fame 2017 revisited. Can you sing Sexy Kurt? Been waiting all week for this. Um, okay. <clears throat> he's paid his money. Now, how are we going to do SP3? Because who's going to do Sensational Sherry and who's going to do Kurt? I, 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 I'm I, trying to remember the lyrics right now. Well, because I'm just you know, a sexy Kurt. Sexy Kurt! I'm making your ankle hurt. And he's, uh, I can't remember what the final one is. I th- is it just repeating it? I don't know. <laughs> Well, they got a little bit. They got a little bit already. Yeah, so. maybe 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 we'll we'll get like a we'll put a real rendition together um, for the next show. But or, or we do a community wall poll, and we can be like, yeah. what song would you like us to sing on the next Wednesday episode?" Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I um I was at the Hall of Fame where he did that. By the way, um, mm-hmm. I, I was at that one, Orlando, I think it was. Yeah. Um, awesome, awesome, great induction. It was. Um. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Kurt and Sherry because Sherry absolutely butchered it oh, when they did it on TV, didn't she? She was like, hey, uh, yeah, she 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 stunk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that is it for the ultra chats for the second. So you guys know, get them into us, keep them coming. We're only halfway through the show. Give us some more to talk about on the wrestling daily, and of course, if you want to become a mod who gets involved in the show, gets involved in the chat, you need to hit support at WrestleTalk.com. Um, shall we talk about Louis? Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. For those who are unaware, let me recap what was said yesterday. So um, look, there was a hot take that came in that said uh, CM Punk was overrated. Okay. Um, now Louis took this to a new extreme. Uh, so this guy basically said that, um, not this guy. I think I think it was Bo Hill. I want to say I'm not sure, but they said that um, CM Punk was overrated, and the pipe bomb promo had kind of maybe made the luster on him a bit bigger than it actually was. I vehemently disagreed with this. Um, you know, talking about CM Punk and. Yeah, Bo Hill has confirmed it. There you go, my man. Um, and and it was like, you know, to me, I feel like he has a great body of work. Okay, now Louis took this to extreme levels where he said, CM Punk, so 2011, so that's where the Summer of Punk started, right? Yeah. To 2014 when he left. <laughs> Louis said that that CM Punk wouldn't be in the top 10 in ring for WWE today. He then took it a step further and said, Adam Cole has a better body of work than CM Punk 
Now. I'm just gonna let that hang in the air. Okay. Now, let me qualify a few things here. Obviously, Adam Cole's amazing. No one is sitting here telling you Adam Cole's not amazing. Uh, for me, the platform and where you do it matters a great deal to your legacy. A great deal. Who you face, where you face them, and what the match is like. CM Punk has got a CV that will literally rival anyone of the last decade, 15 years. Anyone. Undertaker WrestleMania. Lesnar SummerSlam. Uh, you know, John Cena and that February uh, 2013 Raw is one of the greatest Raw matches has ever been. Uh, Cena Money in the Bank. Uh, Daniel Bryan over the limit. I can go on. Believe me, I can go on. Um, come on now. Like, it, it, the, one of the main things that was my problem with the Adam Cole thing, Adam Cole's 31. He may well go on to do amazing things. But, and, and, the, ta- and the, the level of takeover, it's nothing against that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you doing it in, in takeover, that's great. That's awesome. But it doesn't like those sort of things don't lead to you being the greatest of all time or like being in the discussion of an all-time great, or if we're talking CVs and bodies of work, the stage, who you face and where you deliver, I'll say it again, it matters. And I don't think you can say, and like the, uh, an argument that Louis was making, and by the way, he, he hasn't yet named, despite being prompted many times, the top 10, that would be keeping um, CM Punk out. But I've seen, and I've sent some of these replies to, to, to um, SP3. You get people going like Cesaro's better than CM Punk. I mean, like, maybe, like, you know, in like, what? But you can't compare the CVs. And, and then people will say, oh, yeah, but if they had the same chances that CM Punk had, it's not CM Punk's fault. He's been there. He's done it. Right? That's it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I I don't understand where people can start saying that CM Punk is overrated. Like by what quant? You know what? How do you quantify? Anyway, SB3, I'm going to open it up to you. Survey the landscape. Give us your thoughts on this. So the original. Oh, Carol Wands is turning heel all over again. I know. I know. I've been seeing her on Twitter. She's been very can- out of it. She's just saying it, though. You're not saying why, Carol. Come on. Oh, never mind. Go on. I could see Bo Hill's point with the Ultra Chat that the pipe bomb, yes, because of its effect and its impact on the wrestling industry and its fans, it has elevated the way people view CM Punk. And that when C- when people look back on CM Punk, they look back on it with rose-colored glasses, and they tend to over-embellish his, his work, whether in the ring, on the mic, as a character. I can get that. When Louis said the, the key words in here, I'm a big stickler for context. <laughs> for context. He said Adam Cole's body of work. Not that oh. Adam Cole is a better worker. Not that Adam Cole's match with Johnny Gargano is better than CM Punk's best match. No, he said body of work. And as been established on many episodes of Wrestling Daily, whether I'm here or not, I watch a whole lot of professional wrestling. I watched Adam Cole's entire Ring of Honor run from the moment he came in the door all the way until he left. I saw a lot of Adam Cole's work in PWG. And I've seen his entire work with WWE NXT. That doesn't even come close to 2011 through 2013 for Mr. CM Punk. That was, it was just like, I was in, I was like, my, my girl was just like, what's wrong? What, what are you watching? I was just like, yo, what, what, what did he just say? Like, what did he just say? Adam Cole's body of work is greater than CM Punk's. Mind you, that CM Punk wasn't created in some gym, in some warehouse in, in Florida for FCW. No, he came from the same places as Adam Cole. And I would argue his ROH run is better than Adam Cole's ROH run. His his independent work, he basically 
paved the road for Adam Cole to do what he was able to do at every step of the way. And Adam Cole has gone on record in public interviews and said that verbatim, that if it wasn't for CM Punk, he would not be in his position. Now, in fairness, as much as I am on this train wholeheartedly, like all bought and paid for, we are concentrating the discussion between 11 and 14, right? Okay. And I'm, I mean, that was, in, I'm just trying to give Louis a, a fighting chance here, even though he doesn't have one. Because um, that was the point, like, yeah. the you know, from the summer of punk where the pipe bomb happened. But that point does remain, and Updown Evendale even says it here, like, for anyone who isn't actually aware, like Samoa Joe and CM Punk is like, maybe the, I don't know if this is too strong one, I might say, it might be the most legendary independent feud in American, like, recent American history. It might be. The way I would I would phrase though that trilogy, it's the most important, important independent yeah. wrestling matches in history because those are the matches that pit Ring of Honor on the map, and that's the whole reason I started watching uh, independent wrestling. And then, and then and then I had people on Twitter today going, "Tim Thatcher is a better worker than CM Punk." Y- I like yeah, I mean, I like Tim Thatcher, but fuck, come on. Come on. You know, they were saying Drew Gulak. I know Drew Gulak's a technical wrestler. You do realize that being a good worker is much more than being able to, like, come. Sometimes, like, I don't think people actually, not everyone has the same definition of what a worker or, like, in ring talent is. Like, being great in the ring, as, like, CM Punk has proven many times down the years, being able to tell the stories and, you know, putting on those great matches, whoever you're in there with. And I've said this earlier, the diverse cast of people that CM Punk has put on great matches with. There was a time where people were like, John Cena is rubbish in the ring. Triple H has even said that. He was like, he's really unorthodox and very difficult to wrestle. And CM Punk has given John Cena the best match of his career. I don't think anyone can argue that. I know AJ Styles and, you know, people like that have had great matches, but CM Punk had a series of great matches of of John Cena. You could argue he actually helped Cena get to the level where he could have the great matches with AJ Styles. I'm not saying that's, you know, not saying that's all it was, but a part. And just, I think when it comes to CM Punk, people understate, and this is an important point, people understate his influence and how good he was, because I still think some people are bitter that he walked away like he did in 2014 and the attitude he's had on the business ever since. I honestly believe, and I can tell that from some of the replies today, like you have to be able to make, the distinction is one thing between whether he was a great worker and he was a great worker. Like it's ludicrous to say he wasn't, but to make the distinction between in-ring talent and worker, do that at your leisure. Ha- have at it. Cause I'm, half of you who sit there and argue about it on Twitter would need a real wrestler to come and go actually. And I'll tell you what, uh, Cash Wheeler did the perfect example of why Christian is so great the other day on Twitter. Read stuff like that. You know, when you watch people and their positioning in the ring, all of that, please. Okay, but in terms of like CM Punk, put away the feelings. Just look at the body of work. You can't tell me you wouldn't plug that guy in to today, and he's edged out by people who have never who have never even smelt a main event, and it's got nothing to do with their talent or not. But that's not Punk's fault. And it's not their fault. You have to objectively look at it. Punk has been there. He's done it. Like, come on now. Is this even a discussion? Like like I said it on Twitter in your in the post that you made that CM Punk was I won't I won't even say a great he was a very good technical wrestler that could do everything else he could brawl he could he could have a high octane all spots type of match he can have a stunt bump type of match just look at 2011 through 2014 you named some of the bigger matches that he had 
But what about versus Alberto De Rio and The Miz at TLC 2011? Great TLC matchup. The the spot where he's handcuffed to the ring post, the drama, his body language, his his facial expressions all made the crowd just gravitate toward him and rally behind him. Take 2012, his his, uh, Chicago street fight with Chris Jericho. That was like a grudge match, a kind of a brutal come as you are, old school type of like, 80s brawl type of type of match right there then he went a month later and had a technical wrestling masterpiece a clinic with daniel bryan and just to show that daniel bryan and cm punk couldn't just have great technical wrestling matches they had a no disqualification stunt bump type of match at money in the bank with with using the aj lee storyline to their advantage then you look at the the Cena matches. You named the the February uh, 2013 Raw match, the Money in the Bank 2011 match. One of my favorites is him versus Cena at Night of Champions 2012. It was a non-finish, but no one walked out that building upset. They literally put on a show. And if it had a finish, that would have been another five-star classic that these guys had. Those guys never had less than a great match when they really had time to deliver that. Even Raw 1000 was good until all the hijinks at the end. Like, yeah. and, I know, and I know why they did all that with The Rock and all of that stuff. Like, I get it. But it was still a great match till then. I think my favorite scene of Punk is the February Raw one where, like, uh, pile drivers came out, Hurricane Randall's, all that stuff, and everyone was just like, what? Like, you know, for a raw match, it was insane. It Because it came out of nowhere. No one was expecting that. Like, they hyped it up for a week. Take note, WWE, this was you just <laughs> eight years ago. But they hyped it over for, for like a week, but everybody was like, okay, they're going to have a great match. No, they had one of the all-time great raw matches right there like that's a top five top 10 monday night raw match right there and that's just just as a couple that we only covered the first two years we haven't even covered 2013 into 2014 when he had the match with brock he got good matches out of ryback like he got a good match out of paul Heyman. like what what are you talking about body of work like I feel like Louis just concentrated on the Gargano series and just ignored everything else. He's like the th- those three matches is Adam Cole's body of work, and compared to CM Punk's 150 matches, those three matches are better. That's not body of work. <laughs> uh, like I said as well, it's not just like the moves in the ring or whatever. And I've said many times like takeovers are to me like the most exciting shows on the planet, or they certainly were when they had fans, right? Yeah. Um, but still, I think it matters who, like the the diversity of the opponents for one that CM Punk's had and where he's faced them and what he's done with them. You know, the Jeff Hardy series, man, is legendary, right? Yeah. I know we I know we're going back to what two thousand nine there, yeah. But like, you know, the straight edge stuff, the Rey Mysterio stuff, like, come on, like CM Punk is he has, he's done it all, man. I, I'm I'm not gonna I, I I you know what I'm always one who normally goes, you know, wrestling subjective. Have your like, I'm not gonna like let that one go. Like CM Punk is like you know his body of work. You plug him into today in that area, it's impossible, obviously. But he would be an absolute you know stalwart, and I, I refuse to hear anything else. Uptown Havendale, I feel like I should get some heat on myself to divide the load. So Charlotte Flair is still a terrible. <laughs> Gotta love Uptown Havendale making a sacrifice. She's not. She's not terrible. I'm not. I know. I know. I, I know what you're doing. And I'm not going to buy it. She's not. Te- Do you know what? Like, what, what's worse, SP3? Sasha Banks' babyface promos or Charlotte Flair's right now? Ooh, man. I don't think Sasha's are connecting great right now. I've got to tell you. And I'm a Sasha fan. But oh, me too. Me too. nothing in- about her promos that are likable. <laughs> in ring right now, the woman is like untouchable. Whoever she gets in there with, she puts on great matches. But my word, I still think they're figuring out where they're going with her babyface character-wise. I cringe watching that backstage segment with her and Reginald on SmackDown this past week. Because she does not come off as, like, she's seducing him and then does that that fake laugh. (laughs) And it's just like, oh, my God, you're supposed to be the top babyface of the women's division? This is not good. I would say Charlotte is better. Charlotte, in my opinion, is not a terrible promo. She has terrible cadence and delivery yes, on she, occasion. It does. <laughs> it can be very droney, can't it? Like, because I am the best. Like, you're like come on now. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's very, it's very much you see 
that Triple H had something to do with her training. That's that's yeah. what I, that's what I get the sense of. Except for she doesn't get the opening twenty minutes that he got. Like I I think um I could be wrong. This might just be me wanting to believe it because I love Sasha Banks. I feel like they're leaving the, the laugh and maybe they're not fully. Maybe they're leaving that in there because I feel like she'll turn if it's her versus Bianca. Yeah. I, I'm, I, again, I could be wrong, but I feel like that's the biggest part of that where Bianca and Banks, I don't think they'll do babyface versus babyface or it might start that way, but then grow to one of them turning and out of the two, who'd you turn? Well, Banks is obviously the natural best. You would say actually it's probably more comfortable as a heel. So I would think that's what you do if you try and make Bianca. I think, I don't know. I, I always worry about that with WWE though, because they can't just do heel versus baby face. It will be like Sasha Banks turning into like this sniveling. Like she can't just be the greatest wrestler too. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what bugs me about that. Like, like, and I've said this so many times, Sammy Zayn and Daniel Bryan on WrestleMania last year should have been like a joy. It should have been like, wow, this is going to be an amazing 15, 20 minute match. And instead we got Sammy Zayn running around going like, no, please. And then like being sneaky and all that. And I was just like, this could have been so much more like, anyway, I don't, I don't think uh, Charlotte's, a, uh, she's had good promos, but I, I, I understand where people come from, where they get a bit tired of her. Yeah, I mean it's it's understandable with the way they they book her and the storyline with Lacey Evans, which is not working. Like like this is another story or characters where nobody is really likable. I mean, the only person that's likable, and I get his thinking, is Ric Flair here. I get Ric Flair's thinking. You know, you know, your daughter, your daughter, your, your daughter is always going to be your daughter. It's not every day you get you get a real lady in your life. And, listen, listen, and you don't can, you can don't, don't let your wife watch this show, brother. You are in trouble. <laughs> no, no, I, I mean, we we both make jokes about about horny horny Ric Flair, and I try to try to try to rationalize his thinking, and she just tells me to shut up. <laughs> i know what you mean though like i, I guess from bruce pritchard when he's writing that he's thinking yeah okay is but that's the story still sucks anyway um moving along get your ultra chats in guys by the way we've got 10 more minutes here if you want to be heard or you want to be discussed get them on in give us the good stuff you know how to do it it says at the bottom of the screen and um you know what we haven't talked about sp3 lars sullivan yeah. Now, that is a hot button name, if there's ever been one, because I tweeted out yesterday, been released, PW Insider. I was like, I don't think I'll miss him. And then, wow, that tweet blew up with just everyone being like, see ya! Like, you know, that by Felicia energy. Um, I just... He, he doesn't... <sighs> we all know, like, the evidence in terms of what he did and the homophobic and racist and all of the, all of the bad things that he is. He's a bad person. Like I'm all for people having the chance to grow. Um, he didn't seem to ever learn his lesson. Like they would always, it was like something would come out, then something else, then something else. Um, but ultimately in spite of all of that, I still just didn't think he was that good. And that was like the, 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 not the main problem for me, but that was where I just kind of lost the detachment to care where I was just like, well, when he was gone, I was like, fine and it's never nice that people lose their jobs but not but like for this guy i was just kind of like find, yeah. find something else man you're a bad egg like i i don't um i mean the, the promos he did a few months back were absolutely horrendous nothing short of horrendous in the ring didn't care for him like he had he had a couple of good takeover matches but uh I, i'm personally not sad to see the back of him we've seen fightful put the report out because he has kind of responded to the release sp3 so let the fine people here at wrestling daily know what his side of the story is well first of all fightful uh fightful select released the report which uh said that a high level wwe source stated that uh the segment that we were talking about with uh large talking to michael cole with no shirt on about his rough upbringing uh they thought that it was uh to see how sullivan coped with spontaneity and his ability to adapt or 
an attempt to sabotage him. So, so that was an interesting uh, note that we had to address here. But like you said, Lars uh, was reached out to by Fightful, by um, Sean Rossap, and he got to speak to him about the release. And Sullivan uh, confirmed that the release did actually happen and praised WWE for handling it with compassion and honesty. WWE hasn't actually issued a statement on his release, but he believes that the company is being nice about the situation. Uh, A.K.A. I'd like to get a job out there in the future. Pretty much. (laughs) That's what I got from that. Uh, He said that he'd been battling crippling anxiety and informed WWE he was done with wrestling. And he had days where he was struggling to eat on days of shows and having trouble sleeping. And also uh, his father did pass away last year, which only served to add to his troubles with anxiety. So he did also address some of the issues that he had in the past. And, um, you know, he, he wasn't trying to deny uh, that that had anything to do with his release. And he did take responsibility for it and owned up to it. Yeah. Uh, he owned up to it by calling it idiocy and uh, saying it was his own selfish behavior selfish like i mean <laughs> i would like you to <laughs> i don't know i would have liked something a little bit more than that um so i got a really runny nose i think um like i said i don't like the man i've never really liked the performer and they're not linked like we were saying earlier where people kind of clouded their judgment with punk they weren't ever linked i just didn't ever really care for either side of it. So I'm not surprised it's ended the way it has for him. Um, I don't think AEW or anyone like that would touch him. And the anxiety thing is true. We all know that he was set for that mania program with John Cena. And then he was at raw. He was meant to go out and attack Cena. He got anxiety so bad that he physically couldn't. And they then pulled him from the road. And I think he was getting help and stuff like that. So it just seems like none of it was a good idea. Like, it's best for everyone that it's just done with, to be honest. Um, I really hope that he learns from his mistakes, man. I hope that he grows. doesn't really sound like it to me that he has. But what do I know, SB3? Judging from afar over here, I don't want to condemn the already condemned. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an interesting situation that he's in. Um, I, I never want to, you know, wish bad on anyone. And of course, uh, condolences to his family on the loss of the father. But I agree with you. I never was that big of a fan of him. The freak character, even in NXT, I wasn't very big on it. Um, then to learn about the man himself. Yeah, I just stopped caring. And I would I literally when he returned to SmackDown late last year, I would turn the channel. And I would stop watching whenever he was on the TV. He had that type of channel changing, go away heat from me. But yeah. by it, the it, way, on this note, like say what you were about Lars Sullivan as a performer, but a man's mental health is nothing to make light of. Yeah. No one, no one's, no one is making light of that here. I just said very clearly that it's very real, uh, his anxiety, and that's a crippling thing that we, we don't want him to have to deal with. That. That's why it's best for everyone to move away. Um, at the end of the day, like we said. In ring didn't work for me. I think the character of the man outside and all of that evidence that came to light, obviously that's another thing that helps diminish the image. So whether they all play into each other or not, whatever, it probably is the best for everyone that they have parted ways. I think, um, like I said, hope that he kind of gets the help that he needs to grow and just mentally, whatever, get to the place that he needs to get to that. That's really the, like I said, best for everyone. That's the best way I can put it. SP three. Yeah, separation is the best thing to kind of start over for him. I agree with you. I don't see anywhere else major uh, signing him and taking a chance on him. I I just think that, yeah, he needs help. He needs a lot of help, a lot of support uh, to deal with his issues, to deal with, you know, the stuff that we heard about about his past, as well as with his anxiety. Um, yeah, like like Russell Scope says, anxiety is a very real thing, and it's nothing to make light of. That's why I even said, you know, condolences for the loss of his father, because I know that can put you down in the dirt. I lost my father last year, so I can definitely understand where he's coming from on there. But 
the fans have lost interest in you and there's no benefit for you with the company at this point. And I think WWE made the correct decision in releasing him. And I just hope that he gets the help that he truly needs. I'm sorry to hear about your father, brother. I didn't even know that. Yeah. You know, it's not, not something I talk about all the time, but I can definitely, you know, that's something that definitely put me down in the dumps. It was like a couple of months after my childhood hero of Kobe was, law so i i i there was a point last year where i was down in that in that level of just being down just wanting to be to yourself and having that type of pressure of being in front of millions and millions of people at the same time that's not even something that you can even think about processing (laughs) all of that so i i definitely understand where where lars is coming from but i I'm not the biggest fan of him as a person, not the biggest fan of him as a wrestler. You know, Chris Benoit was a little different. Chris Benoit, the man, I'm disgusted by him. I don't care for what he did. But as the wrestler, I will t- probably to the to when I'm old of age and I'm showing my kids when they're teenagers, when they're in their 20s, 30s, I'll be showing them Chris Benoit's work in the yeah. ring. Because I was a big fan of him as a wrestler. I was too. And that, that's why it stings so much. Yeah. What he did because you can't like celebrate his body of work the way you would like to. Exactly. It's it's uh, really it's really tough when when they kind of create that divide. But with Lars, you kind of put it all together because he doesn't have that body of work to kind of be like, okay, can I look at it this end, this end? No, it kind of merged together. Well, let's finish the show on a lighter note than this this final ten minutes, guys. If you want to get something in for free. Get it in the live chat right now and SP3 and I will uh, get talking and we will answer your questions, guys. So please make use of the final few minutes. Hit us up on that live chat. Uh, I've got to tell you, I think as a worker, I'm inclined to agree. Um, I like like that mold. Like, uh, and those who um, might be unaware, like Dynamite Kid, Benoit, Daniel Bryan is also in that mold. Like these are all guys that have a very similar in-ring style and repertoire. And um, I'm, I, 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 like I said, all of those performers I adored. And I think Benoit was maybe, um, I, I, you know, when you're about to say something, you're like, oh, maybe not. Like I was about to say he's probably the most intense. Dynamite Kid was damn intense. But um, I would argue that that Benoit was was more intense. Yeah, than- I would. Or certainly yeah. was very good at translating it anyway. Um, very good. Very good. Anyway, those are the kind of guys that like, I love to watch in ring. So that says a lot about, uh, who I'm into. What we got going on here then? Coke or Pepsi? Uh, I'll go with Coke. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I'm one of them who like flips around. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's Coke, sometimes it's Pepsi. I can drink both. And my mom is a big Pepsi fan. So, so, but she doesn't have the tattoo like punk. So. (laughs) <laughs> fraud what a fraud your mom is <laughs> are you in or you're not um would you love to see Dragunov tyler bait who the hell wouldn't yes that that's that would be lovely i think that's the next like show stealer for nxt uk to have uh cats dogs or pet rocks dogs <gasps> yeah i'm a I, i'm a dog fan i'm, I'm a, a dog i'm a dog guy yeah uh sp3 can oscar's wwe could be saved at this point yes uh she's been second fiddle and afterthought ever since winning the belt can it yes will it no i have been convinced since oscar left nxt and i'm the biggest oscar fan i was even a kana fan she she got me into watching uh, like the stardom like she was the the person that attracted me to stardom but i just don't see it like wwe just seems to want to tip their toe in the Oscar water, but they immediately get out. Uh, well, you know what? We're going to bolt now because as Coral says, okay, peace. I'm heading to Quizzlemania. Have a great evening. Love you. All the hugs. You too, Carol. Guys, go to Quizzlemania. We're yeah. going to have to wrap it here. We want you to go over and see, uh, I believe, the drama king himself is on there tonight, man, with Adam Blompier and and, uh, and the likes. So please make your way over there now. We're going to wrap things up. So not to keep you, make sure you can get there for the start of that show. SP3, it's been a pleasure as usual, my friend. Love having the time with you. Uh, I will see you next week, providing that I don't, I don't perish from illness before then. And, uh, oh, there you go once again. And also... 
Uh, thank you guys for catching us. I will see you tomorrow with Steph Chase, 8 p.m. Thanks for tuning in. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.